Ready with Tony Stewart podcast in partnership with Insurance Nerds. I'm pleased to be joined today by Sam Rennick. Uh, Sam, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Tony. Thank you for having me. I'm doing Sammy-rific, as we like to say. Uh, fantastic. Well, I'm glad to have you. Uh, so in this episode, we'll be discussing how it's never too early for financial education. Sam is an internationally recognized leader and pioneer in financial literacy. In 2001, Sam founded the It's a Habit company and co-created children's storybook character Sammy Rabbit to make it easy for anyone to talk to and teach young children about great money habits. Since then, Sam has produced one of the largest libraries in the world of financial literacy resources, including stories and songs like Sammy's Big Dream, Get in the Habit, Save Rainy Day, Lemonade Stand, and more. Uh, and all these links and information will be on the show notes. A uh, little bit more about Sam before we dive in. Um, for nearly two decades, Sam has delivered his innovative and infectious brand of financial education to more than a quarter million children in eight countries and 40 states. Sam's also received numerous awards for his innovative work. Uh, so Sam, let's, let's get started. Um, how do you get started with what you're doing? Well, it was all uh, quite accidental, uh, Tony. This is actually my third career path. I spent about 12 years in aerospace on the business side. It was just a great experience for me, and it's really where I learned to develop and take ideas out of our head and, you know, turn them into real things like uh, books and characters and stuff like that. I went from, uh, from uh, the aerospace industry into financial services, uh, mainly selling mutual funds related to retirement, some related to college saving. And then I was doing a little bit of uh, insurance as well. And the firm I was with was a small boutique independent firm. And they'd have these weekly training uh, sessions on Fridays where they'd bring in uh, professionals from the industry who you know, wanted us to represent their products and they'd lead a sales training. And you know, I had been doing this for a few years and one day, I, gentleman shows up with uh, an Etch-a-Sketch and a bubble blower. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what is, what is he up to? What's he going to be teaching us today? And essentially, he was sharing with us that he thought it was a great idea for us to open up college savings uh, accounts and start us trying to establish these long-term relationships with, uh, with, with families. And that just really got me to thinking, you know, why did I – get into saving and investing right out of college with my first uh, professional job. So that was one of the things that prompted me to start investigating, you know, what people now call financial literacy, financial education, financial capability. That and now I had had some experience as a financial services professional, and I had several hundred conversations under my belt with uh, people just like us, and at that time I was in my 30s, and I had mainly what I would describe as a, uh, a family practice, so people were essentially about my age, and some a little older, but there was a theme that was developing in all these conversations, and that theme was essentially people sharing with me their regret and despair for not saving earlier in their lives, or having their parents taught them about the importance of saving and or uh, in investing. And so that combined with the sales, uh, uh, he was a wholesaler <laughs> doing his presentation. 
just made me really start to reflect on, wow, it was quite unusual that I, I think I started working professionally at 21 and you know, I started putting like maybe a third or 40% of what I was making into various saving and investment programs, including the 401k. <laughs> and not surprisingly enough, after about 12 years of doing this, repetitively making a habit of it, you know, my pile of uh, savings and investment, it, it, it grew. And I thought everybody did this because of the way my father uh, raised me. Uh, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, but he was from the Midwest. So he used to talk a lot about something called Midwest common sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a part of Midwest common sense was you earn here, you spend here. You know, that was okay. the, the, the essence uh, of it. And one of the other things that he really ingrained uh, in us was this idea that, uh, you know, you can have anything you want if you were willing to work hard enough for it. Now, we had very little. I learned in college we were essentially, you know, hovering around the, 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 the poverty line. It's a little misleading wow. in the sense that we never we had everything we needed, like, you know, one pair of jeans for life. <laughs> we mm -hmm. always had food. We always had food and a, and a place to to sleep. And so uh, my father thought, you know, you get that good work ethic, you get an education, uh, you'll be able to do what you want if you want to. And so, you know, that all kicked in. I was not really enthralled with financial services itself. It was somewhat of a disappointing experience for me. But what I mm -hmm. found was uh, thinking about and wanting to educate and share messages with parents and kids, you know, about the importance of uh, building a nest egg, uh, saving and investing so you can make dreams come true. That was something that really resonated with me. So one day I asked myself a question. I said, Tony, I said to myself, you know, if I could only teach a child or an adult one thing related to finances, what would it be? And I thought about that for, you know, maybe a month or, or two months. And I thought, you know, the most important thought that had helped me gain some independence and some security at, you know, 34, 35 was this idea of paying yourself first. And so, mm -hmm. or spending less than you earn, however you like to, to look at it. I thought, you know what, I think that's an idea. It's an important idea. And it's one that anyone can take action on. So that kids, even if they're, you know, poor, quote unquote, they could start saving pennies. It's something they can do. You know, they mm -hmm. can put them into a savings bank, a savings jar, an envelope, whatever, whatever it is. And I thought, you know what, this, and that was my translation, really, I was like, well, how do you communicate this idea to young kids? Because I think I was concluding it's important to start early, particularly in the environment we were living in back in, say, 1998 even more so today, where kids are being bombarded with messages, you know, from family, from friends, from television, from computers, essentially to spend, spend, spend. And not only mm -hmm. spend what you have, spend more than what you have. Not only do it now, do it right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there'd be, and so I thought, you know what, if advertisers, think it's important to start shaping kids, not only their thinking, but their feelings, essentially from birth, we need to have those type of messages 
related to what I would call wealth building, security building, things of that nature. For me, I like to put more of that slant on what people might quote, uh, call quote unquote financial literacy than just doing banking functions and things of that uh, nature. So I think you, you want to get those ideas in, in your head. And so two big questions was, how do you translate that message in a way that kids will understand? And then two, what should be a uh, good vehicle for communicating that message? And that's how, how we kind of came across the message. Saving is a great habit and mm -hmm. uh, Sammy Rabbit. And then from there, okay. we, just, we just kept developing that message, wanting to bring it to kids and to parents in a variety of ways. We started with storybooks and the book, It's a Habit, Sammy Rabbit. And then we put mm -hmm. it into message and, and more stories and then activities and experiences and things of that nature. Well, that's, I, I mean, you hit on so many great points, but I, I think the most important takeaway, of course, is to spend less than you earn. And, you know, it's such a simple concept that, you know, so many of us have a struggle with, uh, you know, don't, don't. Yeah, 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 yes, but it is. Okay. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's a simple idea. This is not rocket science. So it's very simple. That is the cornerstone. That is the foundation. So if you master that, there's a good chance you're going to do well. And then it's just a question of how well, and the other component to it is, 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 you know, making it a routine. We, we like to say, make it a habit. And then, mm -hmm. you know, an idea I wish I had come up with, but I, I'm cheerleading and championing for it is the one David Bach came up with, and that's to make it automatic. Right? Mm, so yeah. look, I'm not any different than anyone. If you put cash in my hands, there's a good chance I'm going to spend it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, one thing we are great as Americans is, is marketing. You know, so there's a lot oh, of yeah. opportunities every day to, to uh, spend on a lot of great uh, things. So if you can make your, what I would call wealth building, security building, some people call it your financial health and wellness, uh, if you can make that a habit and make it automatic, get the money out of your hands or minimize the amount of, cash you have access, immediate access to, and cash in pocket being maybe the most immediate of all, I think the better off you're going, you're going to do. Well, that's great. Uh, you know, I know one of the things um, as an advisor, when I worked with clients, I, you know, I oftentimes was uh, partnering with advisors on working with their clients is that people oftentimes made things more complicated than they needed it to be, and they expected their financial services uh, and products to be complicated. Do you think that maybe that's part of it, is that we have a psychological expectation that something's not good unless there's some complexity to it? I think, you know, that is a what I'd call, I guess, a contributing factor. So I think, look, the basics work. So they're going to take you, let's say, if 100% is the finish line, they're going to take you 70 to 80% of the way there. Once you master the basics, and nothing is more basic than spending less than you earn and saving, I think those are what I'll call leading behaviors, that they mm -hmm. often will lead you to investing and then to the, let's say, level two or level three, where maybe some more sophistication 
a, a different level of complexity. It doesn't necessarily have to be overly complex. You know, then that, that's where you may want to jump into that. And probably largely you're prepared and ready for that. But if you start with that to begin with, you know, uh, it's, it's probably going to be overwhelming. You may not be able to sustain it. A lot of factors, you know, come in. You want to, uh, I think, you know, here, here's another very, this is a simple idea, but this is slightly harder maybe to ex execute. Is this. So if we're all going to be doing spending. I think the idea is, in my mind, spend smart. And spend, mm -hmm. and this is what's a little tricky, try to align your spending with what it is you really value. What makes that tricky, and this is where I think financial advisors can be really helpful, is for people to figure out what it is they really value. <laughs> yeah. Often the money is gone before they figure out, oh, what I really valued was a home or, or, or whatever it is. Maybe it was a nice experience, but not a lot of chocolate or, you know, what, what, whatever, whatever it is. Well, what are some of the concepts uh, maybe that, you know, that you integrate in the Sammy Rabbit program that financial advisors and insurance agents and the rest of the community could integrate into their working with clients. Uh, what do you see as some commonalities? Okay. Well, uh, you know, all the things we're teaching young kids are all the things you would teach uh, adults to begin with. Uh, we just try and do it in a slightly different way that engages uh, the kids. Uh, everybody today has a very short attention span. So the four basic behaviors I'll call, save, saving is number one, that's our top priority. Two mm -hmm. would be uh, uh, earning, spending smart, and then giving wisely. Those would be the four, the four, uh, the foundation. Then I'd layer on top of that, setting goals and making plans. Boy, if you can figure out what it is you really want, you're going to have a great chance of, of getting it. It may really influence and inform your, your behavior and how you use your, 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 your money. That's a little tougher with kids because they want everything. And so mm -hmm. that's why we, this is one of the reasons why we think start with saving because saving is one of these behaviors that transcends money. When you start thinking about saving uh, in depth, what you realize is, Part of what you're teaching kids is how to uh, delay gratification, all right? That's a transferable skill you can use in all, all areas of life. You learn about uh, goal setting. Ah, you, it does help you to spend smarter because you're delaying some of your spending. So it, it, it buys you time to think about what you really want. So there's a lot of benefits, uh, you know, to saving. And then I think, you know, those other, those other four – yeah, sure, you should, uh, you know, you need to earn. You want to have a great earning uh, ethic. And so one of our simple Sammy messages, earning money is fun to do, all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's work. Try and find work that you really enjoy that, that pays. That's going to make work even more fun. And when you spend, don't just spend. Spend smart. Spend with, the, uh, uh, you know, a purpose. And then you can, that, that's the beginning message. I mean, there's a lot of building and layering when it comes to, uh, spending, you know, in the next level, in my mind, you know, you want to think a little bit. And to me, thinking means comparing and, and contrasting things. That's a great uh, behavior. And then, you know, give, 
but not only give, but give, give wisely, put some thought in, into that. That's something I think you need to acquire some uh, skills at in particularly in today's environment. There's a lot of giving opportunities. Some are better. Again, if you can align them to what's important to you, you're probably going to generate more uh, satisfaction. And if you're aligning, if you have goals and you make plans, you're probably going to uh, uh, lead a life with more purpose, which is going to be more fulfilling and gratifying to you. So I think these are all ideas, little seeds you can start planting into kids' minds, maybe as early as birth, but certainly somewhere around three or, or, or four years old. And the thing is, one of the big things, uh, Tony, I think people, adults, would be uh, smart to assume is that if we can explain the ideas, kids can grasp them. So don't mm -hmm. underestimate kids' abilities to learn. On the other hand, don't expect too much, okay? Mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not financial advisors, but do expect that maybe they can start making associations and having feelings like saving is a fun thing just like spending. And it's really fun when you have coins in your, your savings jar and you put it next to your ear and you shake it. That's what saving sounds like, Tony. And that's what mm. building a future uh, feels like. You know, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm going somewhere. You know what? It's in, this is such a strong subliminal message to send kids uh, to have them make a habit of saving because it says that you value their future. Their future is mm. so important. We're saving for it. So you can have a great future. You know, the, 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 and so when you start talking to kids and that turn, like, man, wow, maybe I'll, I'll save for a day. Now, boy, you've got to build in, you got to be diligent. You got to build in tremendous redundancy because the forces, the voices, they're out there. Chocolate, yeah. Slurpee, Big Mac, Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you build in yeah. Those, <laughs> those messages and walls. Of, you know, they're, they're just doing their jobs. All right. Mm -hmm. And our jobs as, you know, the guardians of, of children, if we think, and I, I'm a person who thinks this, that learning how to use money wisely is important to having uh, health, wealth, and success in life. You know, we, we need to get some of our own messages in the kids' uh, heads, and not only the messages, but we need to uh, bring feeling to it as well. I'm sure you've seen the studies, you know, uh, and this probably is true across the board, so it doesn't just apply to money, but uh, people don't, off, often people don't make decisions based on what's in their financial best interest. <laughs> they do it mm -hmm. based on what they, what they feel. So you've got to have a combination of, you know, thinking and feelings. And this is where habits and making things automatic, you can turn those into big ad advantage, advantages. And the, things about, the thing about habits is this, Tony, they don't discriminate. All right. Mm -hmm. And they're very predictable. So we know this. If you read a lot, your knowledge and brain are going to grow. If you exercise daily, we know in advance your health is going to improve. We know if you save, you're going to start building security and wealth. That is predictable and anyone can do it. Now, they may start in different places. You know, some people may start in pennies. Some people may start in dollars. It doesn't matter. You know, I would contend this, that a person who starts with pennies, Eventually, they're going to grow to nickels if they're, if they're making it a habit, which is going to grow to dimes. And if you're saving pennies and nickels and dimes, that's probably going to affect the way you think about how you 
spend. Mm-hmm. You know, so it well, has t- this, this uh, you know, compounding uh, effect. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I know your message is uh, targeted to children, but, you know, I keep hearing uh, that this is exactly the same issue that so many adults experience. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, do you feel that your work with Sammy Rabbit is going to change how adults interact and break down some of the taboos about money and how money is this crazy thing that I can't understand and I can't grasp. And so I don't want to deal with it. I mean, is that going to help change that mindset? Absolutely. All right. Let me just say, uh, we get uh, emails and letters from parents all the time saying, you know, uh, this is something I need to learn myself or because my child is now uh, talking about this or, or doing it, I'm doing more of it. Or I need to seek out a, a planner or CPA or, or whatever it is. Uh, that was the exact, one of the exact points that uh, was uh, a compelling idea at the time to the, uh, uh, an organization called the Air Force Aid Society. It's one of the first big and important organizations uh, we worked with. I was talking to their, uh, I believe he's their COO. This was at a conference and I shared with them. I said, you know, I think, I think at that time, one of the things you're going to find about our program is if we can get the kids energized about money and saving, they'll start talking to their parents and it will have a whole impact uh, on the family dynamic. And Colonel Delaney, James Delaney, uh, said, you know, I, I think you may be right. We want to test this idea out with you. And at that time, this was back around 2003. We were just getting started. We had basically what I would describe as a service-based business model. And so what, what that means is I was going around reading our books, conducting a, an experience, a one-hour experience for kids. At that time, we had developed a, a costume or a character, Sammy the Rabbit. And so I would read the kids, uh, we would sing the kids, and then Sammy the Rabbit and I would do skits with kids, reinforcing these messages. And after we did a few of those uh, experiences for the Air Force Aid Society, they approved a essentially what was a, a contract or a commitment to have us do that for four years. And we went to Air Force bases all over the, uh, all over the world, primarily in the US, but to England, to Italy, to Turkey, to Japan, and then unbeknownst to me, while we were doing this, every quarter, Colonel Delaney was briefing the Pentagon on our work and the wow. feedback he was getting from the, the bases. And about, oh, I don't know, a year and a half or two years into this, I got a call from the Pentagon. Uh, Colonel Delaney didn't tell me or anything, so this was just uh-huh. totally out, out of the blue. And they said, is this Sammy the Rabbit? I said, yes. <laughs> like, this is the Pentagon. I'm what the Pentagon? And they wow. said, we're going to be doing what they called financial readiness campaign and financial readiness days on all military bases, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force. And it's going to be a whole day of workshops. Most of them are geared for the adult members, but they were going to have programs for the high school students 
the middle school students, and they said, and for the elementary students, we're going to have Sammy the Rabbit. Isn't that right? Oh, and I said, that's wow. right. <laughs> and, you Congrats. know, I met a lot of uh, great people. They had people like uh, 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 Susie Orman, uh, Dave Ramsey, and, and, and various people, you know, based on whoever was available, leading some of these workshops for our military service members. But we did all of the programming for the young kids. It's probably – you know, uh, one of the greatest things that's happened to me in my in, in entire uh, life, being able to be of service to the people who are, you know, protecting and serving our freedom and their children who have, you know, very different lives. You know, they're very mobile, moving from place to place, you know, uh, many of them. And so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's that uh, st story. And that that was the idea. And then since then, uh, what, ha what happens is what I've shared with you is we get these, you know, emails and, and letters, or maybe it's uh, having conversations that confirm that getting the kids energized in many cases has an impact on the whole family. Definitely. Well, I can see that. And it's so exciting just as an aside to hear uh, the military doing something like that is because Unfortunately, service members are so often targeted by financial predators. Um, so it's great that they're getting some, helping build some financial wellness. I mean, it's young people. And, you know, so many military members are kids still. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head. This is why they had those programs. They've advanced them now. And are almost, uh, I think, in fact, probably on every military base, they have these uh, family centers and a part of these family readiness centers, uh, they offer various services, financial counseling and coaching being one of them. They also have, you know, uh, how to get jobs, uh, post-military things like that. And one of the reasons they have them is the very point you made. Uh, military members in general are young and they are preyed upon. Preyed upon, you know, it's kind of funny. One of the things we noticed uh, being in a lot of these military towns, excuse me, you almost know right away when you're in the, <laughs> the towns because there's, the, you know, there's always certain things there and like four payday lenders is usually one sign. Ah, we must be in a military, military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Alameda is uh, where we're, you know, is an old naval town and there's still a huge Coast Guard presence. So we definitely get that vibe here uh so i definitely see you know yeah, definitely so they, see the same thing yeah they're they're uh, you know kudos and congratulations to them i think they were uh maybe one of the first enterprises or entities that uh really embraced uh financial education for its members you know early i started roughly around 1999 i'm not sure when the movement started exactly but maybe in the late 80s, 90s, you had organizations like, uh, you know, Nephi, and maybe there were a few others. So it's still at the forefront relative to where what I'll call the movement has developed, uh, you know, today. And uh, they were they were already executing programs and, and realizing that this was a, a, an issue and they were addressing it. That's great. You know, so, you know, a question for you, how has... Um you know, the internet and digital technology 
impacted how you're able to spread the word of Sammy Rabbit and how do you think it's changing the financial literacy conversation? Well, it's, it's changing it a lot. I mean, that it, <laughs> fin, FinTech is a whole big uh, movement. It is the thing that is, that is happening and it's financial literacy is a part of that, but uh, FinTech is much you know, broader than that. It applies to the banking systems, you know, mortgage lending, everything. It cuts across, you know, uh, everything. And it, what it's done, uh, we're, we, we've changed our business model. We're trying to be more of a, uh, of an internet online type of a company, a, a uh, provider of resources more than of services. We're still happy to go out and do experiences if people want us to, but what we're really trying to do now more is, 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 you know, provide schools, after school programs, military organizations, financial uh, service professionals with resources and strategies so they can disperse those or lead their own experiences. And the internet has made that possible. I've made, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of relationships, just like ours. You were commenting, uh, this is our first, well, not in person, but first visual uh, meeting. We've done all of our connection via LinkedIn and, and emails. And I have to tell you, it's been a boon for me, and it's really helped us uh, spread our message and get our resources out to more people, you know, than I would have admitted, would have imagined, uh, you know, trying to do all of that just in, in, in person. And it's opened up enormous doors in terms of uh, the the types of people you can uh, access. We've met a lot of uh, wonderful people, CEOs you know, of companies like uh, Schwab. And what I mean, met, I mean, digitally, not necessarily <laughs> video chats, but through emails or LinkedIn connections or Facebook. And, uh, you know, they've taken an interest in our, 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 our work and they're, they're accessible. So, uh, you know, it's been a big uh, boon. And then it's also been a big, I think, boon, mostly in a good way. It's like everything comes with positives and negatives, but, there's been an explosion with, uh, within financial literacy of people every day. Somebody new and maybe multiple people new are offering new ideas, new products. They all seem to be getting better. There isn't any reason today that anyone, anywhere, almost anywhere, if you have access to the internet, that you cannot have access to good financial literacy. All you have to do is click. Mm -hmm. and it's, it, it's there. Definitely. Well, I think, though, sometimes one of the dangers is separating the good information from the bad information. I mean, you know, yes. people okay, talk so that, about that. that. Let me just say, and I think that is basic, what I'm going to call, this is where you have to be building these basic financial literacy skills. To me, this would come under smart spending, comparing and contrasting, you know, products or services. It's something everyone needs to be able, capable of doing, whether you're buying groceries or trying to sort out financial literacy. Having said that, there's a lot of good financial, solid financial literacy uh, out there. And so one of the things I think, if you're probably young kids or young kids, and when I'm saying young, I don't mean 13, I mean like three to 10, okay? Wow, but okay. At, but at, so, so somewhere, let's say around eight or nine years old, but definitely by 13, what you can start doing is asking your parents 
All right, they, they're probably your number one, for better or worse, they're probably your number one financial coach. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So you, what, what you wanna be trained to do, I think, is to, I like to say, compare, contrast, and ask. So you can ask your parents, hey, is this good information or, or not? And they may or may not know. And if they don't know, maybe they'll ask their advisor if they have one, or maybe they'll ask their neighbor. You know, there's a lot of meetup clubs now. So it, it, I think it, you can get, cha- you can ask your teacher, you can get channeled into the right financial literacy fairly quickly. You don't have to be on the wrong path too long, but even if you're on the wrong path, I like the idea that you're, you're looking to sort it out. And uh, mm-hmm. at that age, you really can't make too many significant mistakes that aren't re- re- rever- reversible. Uh, uh, you know, while you're trying to sort out if you're on the right path or, or not. But I, I think there's a good chance you're going to get onto the right path fairly uh, quickly. Well, that's great. You know, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I have um, written about is the suggestion of with advisors and financial service professionals is having family financial meetings uh, is that a way that advisors and other members of the financial services communities could promote the concept of Sammy Rabbit is through family financial meetings? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. There's a lot of ways to do it. And that would be one. Uh, you know, they can uh, give out the resources to their clients, to their prospects. They can go out into the community, to schools, to after. Uh, uh, school programs, to Boys and Girls Clubs, to YMCAs. They can get involved as they want. And I think what they're going to find, this has been the general feedback as it relates to Sammy the Rabbit. Sammy the Rabbit is very time efficient. So Mm -hmm. Sammy the Rabbit, uh, there's different ways to jump into Sammy the Rabbit, but one we often recommend is through one of his stories or one of his workbooks. So we have resources for kids, let's say three to five in general. Parents mm-hmm. and teachers need to determine, you know, where their kids are, are at. So some kids are ahead, some are behind, some are right maybe where they should be developmentally. But for the three to five-year-olds, we have color and trace books. We're very wealth-building oriented and very language-oriented. Mm-hmm. We're all, you know, we, we, like, we want kids to be aware of the terminology and the words. So we have the saving alphabet. So you have all 26 letters in the alphabet, and then we've tried to mix in, you know, various financial words uh, in, on all of the 26 pages. Kids can trace them, so they're working on their hmm. writing skills, and they can color them. So they're learning the words. This is one of the first seeds. So we have, we have, we have the saving alphabet. We have a book just on saving, and then in the saving book, the words come with the sentence. So you might have something like saving is fun or saving is a great habit. So it starts now planting an idea. Uh, We have one on earning, one on spending smart, and one on giving wisely. Then when you get into the uh, five to seven-year-olds, we have a book and a workbook called It's a Habit, Sammy Rabbit. It's a book you can read, it's a book you can color, and then there's various other activities that you can do along with it. When you get into seven years and older, or six if you're reading that age, we have a, call, a book called Sammy's Big uh, Dream. And in Sammy's Big Dream, 
he, his big dream is to ride. He has Elon Musk's big dream. He wants to mm. ride on the world's first outer space roller coaster. And so in order to do it, this, his opportunity is through a uh, class field project. He's going to uh, need $300 to participate. So his parents say, Sammy, if we'll give you 150 if you're able to earn and save the other 150 we'll, we'll, you, you can do it. You can go. And so Sammy mm. does that. In fact, he earns and saves a little bit more. And so one of his friends comes up a little bit short. So he gives money to his friend so he can participate also. So there's a giving message uh, in there also. And it turns out Sammy doesn't need to quite earn $150 because, hey, guess what, Tony? He's already been saving. So, you know, it's a little easier to reach your goals or to take advantage of opportunities if you're, if you're prepared. And so that's what that book's all about. We also, we've just developed, this is coming out any day now, a uh, program around that book that brings out these various messages besides saving and earning our great habits. It also dives into goal setting, into planning. So you can start building up on these messages, building your kids' financial knowledge and capability. And then on top of all that, this works for any of our programs. We've developed, as you mentioned, one of the largest libraries of songs on money, like get in the habit. Let me just give you the, we sang this song all over the world, get in the habit. And this is our sign for habit, something you do over and mm-hmm. like Sammy Rabbit, saving money all the time. Tony, you can do it. Now get to it from every dollar, save a, save a dime. So that, that is a, just an infectious, contagious, catchy song with just a, a purposeful message that you can build around. And we have a song book for these 14 uh, songs. We've actually developed 25 and have a list of over a hundred more. We want to develop wow. SABE, Lemonade Stand, Rainy Day. Those all, we have all those right now. And then we have uh, 10 activities for each one. They reinforce the concepts. They reinforce the, the, the language. You know, I was listening to a, an interview oh, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, from uh, a young man. He's 27 or 28. His name's Jeff uh, Crudenden. Hope I'm pronouncing the last name uh, correctly. But he is the uh, visionary and creator of the Acorns program, which is oh, now yeah. part of CNBC's uh, Invest in You initiative. I believe that's the uh, initiative. And he was being interviewed and he was talking about his dad was an investment banker and talking about being nine or 10 and, and listening to his dad make deals on, uh, on the phone and various things. And I think his dad was one of the, the founders of, uh, his name's Walter of uh, E-Trade. He, he, okay. he might have been one of the, yeah, as they say, founders behind that. But he would invest in a whole variety of companies, including like maybe cartoon or comic companies. And so that, that oh, really? kind of appealed to, to Jeff. So he started picking up some of the vocabulary, <laughs> the language, things like, uh, like that. And then he was sharing one of the things his father did was open up a, a small investment account for him. And he'd say, you know, in fourth grade, he can remember racing home to find out, you know, if his stock went up or down. And then he made the observation, and this really resonated with me. I mean, all of that did as well, but even more so. He was saying when he was in college, he was uh, noticing 
that kids, even in the finance and economics uh, classes that didn't seem like they would have 25 or $50 to invest. And that was part of his inspiration for uh, creating Acorns, which is a platform where you can invest, you know, with very, very little money. But he, he said, I think you get more value out of investing $500 than say a fake 25 million or 10 million like a lot of these games uh, mm-hmm. are structured to do. And for me, that hit the nail right on the nose. All right. That I think they have some value. So I don't want to say that they don't have any value, but I think that real money, having that real statement, that is a game changer. And that's another thing that's different today is that you can invest in fractional shares and you can do it at uh, no cost to low cost. Uh, very easily. And so that can be a very formative learning experience for almost uh, any, anyone. Well, that's great. Well, you know, to start wrapping up, um, you know, do you have a favorite story you can share with us? I mean, you've had so much, uh, so many different experiences. What's, what's your funniest, <laughs> most interesting story? Oh, oh well, but now that you said funniest, that throws a little... Uh, <laughs> change to it. But, you know, I, I, I think the most important, what I'll call some of the most important, I, 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 you know, I, it's hard for me to single out one, but uh, the work we did with the Air Force that I, and the military that I already went over, that, that it was just unbelievable. And the, I want to emphasize the quality of the people I met there and in general has been, you know, made a tremendous impression on my mind and I'm very grateful uh, for. We did some work with the University of Maryland extension that uh, went over two years uh, that was run by uh, an adjunct professor, uh, uh, Megan O'Neill, that won a, a national uh, award. She won the national award for this work, but it was uh, around our approach related to making financial education interactive and experiential. And, and having music and, and these different elements to it, which at the time was a, a game changer. And then her peers voting her this national award, that was uh, you know something that really stands out in my mind. Participating in the uh, National Book Festival in Washington, D.C., three years, uh, the Library of Congress Credit Union brought us there to be a part wow. of their uh, – their table. And that, that was an ex- extraordinary uh, experience. I'd recommend anybody uh, to go to that particular uh, book festival. I'll tell you an experience that uh, brought me to tears. This was in a little town in San Saba, Texas. Uh, I think there's 1,200 people there. The elementary school, the middle school, the high school are all on the same block. I met a woman named uh, Sharon Pierce. And uh, she's from Austin, Texas. I first met her online and she heard our song, Get in the Habit. And she mm-hmm. was the state advisor for high school students, primarily high school students, also some middle school students, part of an organization that's in public school called Family, Career and Community Leaders of America. And one okay. of the things they have to do is they have to do school, lead school projects. They're given a menu, like don't do drugs or stop the bullying. Mm-hmm whatever it might be. And in Texas at that time, this was, I think, 2007, they had something called Ready, Set, Read. And uh, financial literacy was becoming important, but it wasn't on the menu yet. 
since we had a storybook and she was interested in uh, getting the kids to become more financially literate, she said, I think kids, our kids will respond to your approach to financial education. I'm going to put the word out there and see if any of them will adopt it. And several of them did, including three ninth grade girls in San Saba, Texas. And one day I got a call from them and they said, Mr. Rennick, we'd like you to come to San Saba, Texas and see what we're doing at the elementary school with your resources. And so then Sharon called me and she made arrangements and San Saba is roughly about two hours outside of Austin. I remember going to Austin and we drove out there for two hours. And these girls, once you do your community service project, the way the FCCLA is organized is they have a, an Olympic style competition after where it, but it's all based on oral reporting. You give a mm -hmm. presentation on your project, how you impacted the community. And you start off at the, the competition starts at the local level. If you win that, you go regional. If you win that, you go statewide. And if you win that, you go national. And so they brought me out just before they were going to go national. They had already won the, wow. uh, the state title. And then they showed me what their present, this was before we were going to go visit the school. They were bringing in the author. So that was a big mm -hmm. thing, but that was going to be the following day. But the day before they said, may we show you the presentation we're going to be doing at the national competition. And I said, sure. And I started uh, crying because this was something I had never envisioned. High school kids taking our resources and bringing them to life in a similar but different way than how we were doing it. And it just made me so happy and proud of the, the you know, the work that we were uh, doing. So that that's a very, you know, memorable experience. And then just last year, this experience that you part, we participated in together, creating something called the, the first national dream big read that uh, Cheryl Garrett, just, you know, an icon in financial services, got behind and supported as did 30 other people, professionals like yourself. This was for me another, uh, just uh, a top-notch uh, experience. All the people, just top-notch people who uh, care about their communities, care about kids and, and families and wanting to put them on the right uh, track and, and buying into and supporting our, our vision. Uh, these are some of the top uh, top memories and I'm sure there's a lot of other ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it, the, the work you do touches, you know, so many people and I, and I, I think it's so important because people oftentimes, you know, you, you had a point very early on is to not underestimate what kids can learn and understand. And I think people miss that is that, you, you know, you have to talk to kids like they're people you know, I mean, to some degree, they're not adults. And of course, you have to, uh, you know, remember that, but you also have to treat them like they're a person who can understand and have a conversation and make their own decisions. And your conversation will change so much. And I think that's the power of what you're doing with Sammy Rabbit is you're working with kids in a respectful fashion and not talking down to them. And, we, uh, you know, we, you, we got very fortunate. The first time I went to read, and this was just a trial reading, we hadn't produced our book 
yet uh, the principal at the elementary school met with us afterwards. And she is the one who told me just what I shared with you. She said, Sam, one of the biggest mistakes parents and adults make is they underestimate kids' ability to grasp concepts. She said, if you assume that if you're able to explain it, they will be able to grasp it, it will change the whole nature of your relationship with children, your impact, and your ability to educate. And you know what? We, we follow her advice, basically, and I think she's dead on. That is 100% spot on. Well, you know, to, to wrap up, uh, where can people learn more about you and what you're doing? Well, to no surprise, our website is sammyrabbit.com. <laughs> sammyrabbit.com. That's S-A-M-M-Y-R-A-B-B-I-T.com. Uh, we're happy to talk to you. There's a lot of information there. But if you want us to talk with you, just uh, fill out the contact contact form and we'll get a hold of you. And, uh, you know, in addition to providing the resources and services, we're big champions and advocates for uh, financial literacy and capability and, and just education and learning in, in general. So we're happy to share our what we've uh, learned and we're happy to learn, you know, what you, you know and, and try and uh, serve kids and families. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, well, Sam, to, to wrap up is, uh, first of all, for our listeners, uh, all, all the links to Sam, uh, to Sammy Rabbit's website will be on, uh, fortunately, this is an easy website to remember, and the spelling is simple, <laughs> is, uh, will be in the show notes. But the other thing is, I would like to say I had the honor of participating in Sammy's first big uh, dream read, and I hope there's going to be a second one. Uh, but I would encourage all the advisors out there to think about participating in the second annual. Is there going to be a second annual? Uh, right. It's on the board now. We'll find out. Uh, is it, <laughs> it, it going to be second annual or second biannual? <laughs> that, okay. That's the big uh, decision. But we've targeted October, which is, I think, National Financial Planning Month, as to when we want to tr- pull this off, basically. Well, I, I look forward to participating, whether it's annual or biannually. And um, I thank you so much for joining me today, Sam. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, uh, thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure for me, a Sammy-rific pleasure, as we like to say. Thank you for the work you're, the work you're doing. Well, you as well. Signing off. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready with Tony Stewart podcast in partnership with Insurance Nerds. And please be sure to subscribe.